This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Good morning. I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. Today we're going to make a breakfast pastry. This is for a holiday morning when there aren't too many of you, or afternoon tea or brunch, and you want to share a really nice pastry that looks exotic and that you freshly made out of your own oven. This is a recipe for a cinnamon swirl danish. And I have had this recipe for several years, but I haven't tried it. I sort of shied away from it every time because the instruction list is 16 steps long and I just get intimidated by that and then I read them and there's some kind of messy oh things I shy away from because they just seem like they're going to be a nuisance and more trouble than I want to deal with. However, it sounds really good and instead of just glancing at the long list and deciding that I just didn't want to fuss with it, well, this time I actually really read it. And yes, there are many steps, but they only put like one sentence per step. This is from tasty.co, by the way. And so that means that there's a lot of steps that could have in some other recipe been combined, and none of them sound really hard. There is still the one that sounds like a nuisance, But I think it's worth trying, and if it turns out to be easy, at least we'll know, right? And then we can have this in our arsenal of things to prepare for company on a sort of special morning. This turns into a sort of a pinwheel shape. It doesn't use crescent rolls. Nothing against the ones that use crescent rolls. 
because there are a lot of really good ones and several of them I have yet to try, but they're in my recipe list waiting. But this one uses actual puff pastry instead. And the thing about crescent rolls or anything in that family is they, they have a very specific taste. Now, I happen to love the taste. I really find them kind of addictive, but it's also a dead giveaway that that's a shortcut you took. And I don't know if that matters to you, but sometimes something like that matters to me for whatever reason. So here are the list of ingredients. It says this makes five servings. I think that might be optimistic. <laughs> I think it might make three servings if we're lucky, because I suspect it's going to be kind of addictive and super yummy. So here's the list of ingredients. You need eight ounces of cream cheese. And I'm using a Neufchatel because it's lighter in fat and it's softer. And that way I can skip one of the do-aheads, which I'll tell you about in a minute. A quarter of a cup plus one tablespoon of granulated sugar. And that's not all together. That's divided. Two teaspoons of cinnamon. One teaspoon of vanilla extract. One 17.5 ounce puff pastry. And that's one sheet. They usually come in boxes of two, regardless of where you get them. And two tablespoons of unsalted butter. And then there's a glaze and you're going to need a couple of tablespoons of milk or heavy cream and about a half cup of powdered sugar for that. The equipment you need. It's going to sound a little daunting because there's a lot of stuff, but it's nothing that you won't have in your house. We need a medium bowl. We need a plastic bag. If you do a lot of baking and you have a piping bag, see, this is where I get intimidated a little bit, then you need that piping bag. But plastic bag, like a sandwich bag, is just fine. Any kind of plastic bag. We're going to put some filling into it and then cut off the tip and squeeze it out. So, yeah, it's just... I'm sure it'll be fine. It's just, I worry about, I don't know what I worry about. It's stupid, really. Anyway, we're going to do that today. You need a rolling pin. You could use a glass or a soda bottle or whatever. We have to roll out the puff pastry. You need a knife. You need a spatula, probably kind of a large one. An eight-inch round cake pan. That's a smallish one. You could probably use a bigger one, but it isn't going to fill it up quite the same way. I don't think it matters, but it's about how far it's going to expand to the edges of that pan. And you need some nonstick spray and then a smaller bowl. Actually, you need two smaller bowls and a way to brush the butter over the dough after we're done. We got some melted butter. You can use a pastry brush or even just a spoon. It's not a big deal. I suppose you could even use your fingers. I wouldn't worry about it. That's all the equipment. The next thing I need to let you know is the do-aheads. And maybe I should have told you this first. Because if you're up early in the morning, like I am, to try to make this for something happening a little later in the morning, it would have been good to know this part. Your cream cheese needs to be softened. And that's what I mentioned before about using the Neufchatel, which means it's lower in fat, which means it does not get as solid in the refrigerator. It stays pretty soft. So I feel like I'm starting with something that's effectively 
softened cream cheese, but if you have regular cream cheese, it'll be richer, and it also needs to be set out to kind of warm up a little bit before we can do this, because you have to stir it. So you can imagine that. If you think of your cream cheese brick, if you can't imagine yourself stirring that, then it's too hard, and you need to wait until you can imagine yourself doing that. Your puff pastry comes frozen in that box of two, and it needs to be defrosted. And you do that in the refrigerator. It doesn't take a ton of time, but you need to have it soft enough that it will not crack when you try to open it because it's folded in thirds. If it's frozen, it's just going to break if you try to make it open. So the suggestion on that is that you can just thaw it for about 40 minutes. Don't go more than that or it's going to get too soft. Take one of the sheets out and just leave it to sit. It also says, and I've never done this, but I'm going to take their word for it, um, thinking that somebody's probably tested it. The instructions here say you can thaw it in the microwave. It says you take a pastry sheet out and take the outer wrapping, which is kind of like a unwaxed thin paper. You take that off. You wrap the puff pastry sheet still folded in a paper towel, and you microwave it on high for 15 seconds. You turn it over, and you microwave it for another 15 seconds. And then it says if it doesn't unfold easily, you keep going with five seconds on each side. That seems to me like dangerous territory, because you don't want this to dry out, and you certainly don't want it to cook ahead of the time you get it filled. But, like I said, somebody must have tested it, right? So we're going to just hope that that'll work. It certainly is easier in terms of do-aheads in case you decided to make this at the last minute. The other do-ahead is that you need to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. I'm going to use my toaster oven this morning, so that doesn't take me very long. And you need to grease that 8-inch cake pan just by spraying it with the nonstick spray we talked about. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, here we go. We are going to prove to ourselves that this fancy looking yummy thing is easy to make because I suspect it will become a regular part of my cooking plans for company if it's as easy as I hope it's going to be and I can get over my intimidation about this one stupid step, which I don't think I've ever done because I avoid it every time it's in a recipe. Plunging in the eight ounces of cream cheese that's been softened goes into the medium bowl. Unwillingly, perhaps, but there we go, in nonetheless. I like to clean the part that's stuck to the foil off. I just feel like otherwise it's wasted and that I didn't get my full eight ounces. It's probably half a teaspoon here that I actually got off the foil, but 
<sighs> teaspoon is a teaspoon. And you know, I have to clean it off of there in order to recycle the foil covering anyway. In with the cream cheese goes a quarter of a cup of the sugar and a teaspoon of the cinnamon and a teaspoon of the vanilla. I, this was part of what attracts me, I think, is anything with vanilla and cinnamon. Oh gosh, and cream cheese. Honestly, how can it be bad? And that's why I've kept the recipe all this time, even though I've not made it. They're all going in this medium bowl, whatever that means to you. And then we're going to stir that up. We're mixing it until it's smooth. So now we'll find out how soft my cream cheese Neufchatel stuff actually is. If your cream cheese is softer, you may be done before I am. It just needs to get all mixed up till it's all a uniform color. As it gets the sugar incorporated in, it's getting softer. Honestly, I don't know why I'm bothering with the pastry. I just eat this with a spoon. Cream cheese, vanilla, sugar, and cinnamon. Holy smoke. I mean, really. Of course, a little flaky pastry is never a bad thing. I've started collecting bakeries. Sort of making it my mission to test out bakeries around my home of Portland, Oregon. And the main criteria seems to be, for me anyway, obviously the flavor has to be good, but their pastry dough. That's what I'm comparing. It's like when I go to a restaurant, it used to be when I was a kid, that I would always evaluate a restaurant based on its French dip. Don't ask me why. But there are good ones and there are bad ones, and I um, developed this determination that that was how I would figure out if a restaurant was any good. Now I'm doing that with bakeries. It's about whether their pastry's really light and flaky, whether they even have them. You know, a lot of bakeries do baked goods like muffins and cookies and stuff, and they don't approach the French flaky croissant kind of pastry which I adore. I really, I just love it. It almost doesn't matter what you do with it, although I'd rather have an almond croissant than a chocolate one. Not that I'm not a chocolate fan, but for breakfast, cinnamon seems like a breakfast thing to me, whereas chocolate just doesn't. And I know that's not a popular point of view. I know I stand in a minority there. Okay, this looks ready to me. Gosh, there's some on my fingers. <sighs> I may have to lick it off and just do a taste test. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. What's well, less... Sorry, I'm having to wash my hands now. It's less sweet than I expected it to be. But the vanilla and the cinnamon really stand out. And I think it's because it hasn't been baked. You know, once it bakes, that stuff will all melt together. All right, here we go with the scary part. We gotta put all that cream cheese filling into a plastic bag. And just a regular like sandwich bag or a grocery bag or a whatever. I'm using a little Ziploc quart bag, which is probably bigger than I really need. And I'm scooping the cheese in, and then from the outside of the bag, squeezing it off the spoon with my fingers. Try to get it as far down into the bag as you can, 
because we're gonna have to squeeze it out the bottom and if it's all at the top where the seal is it's gonna be a little tricky to get it all the way down to the bottom this is quite a lot of cream cheese somehow it seems like it's gonna be more than we need but I bet it isn't all right now just for the sake of efficiency I'm gonna use a rubber spatula and get that stuff all out of there because we're gonna lose some of it in the plastic bag anyway there's gonna be some we can't squeeze out you know I'm gonna get on that inside of the bag and just stay there okay slam that down as far into the bag as you can and squeeze it from the outside Use your fingers, pinch them together around each side of the bag and squeeze this stuff down as far as you can. I actually managed to leave one corner clean. That's handy. Because what we're going to do now, you don't even have to seal this bag if you don't want to because we're going to probably have to twist it in order to get the filling where we want it. The next step is to cut off a corner of the bottom of the bag and probably... A fairly sizable corner. By that I mean you're going to make a cut of maybe about an inch. Could be a little less than that. I don't think we want it more than that. Okay. The next step is the puff pastry. Yeah, mine's getting almost a little too soft. It starts to get kind of sticky and I don't really want that. So we're just going to gently, carefully open that up. And take off that little strip of paper in between each of the thirds. You're opening it up onto a cutting board. What we need to do is roll it out. And so we have a square here. And then you need your rolling pin. And what we're going to do is roll this out until it's about an eighth of an inch thick. Now it's really not a lot more than that now. So it's not a big rolling process. It's just a wee bit. All right, I'll bite. I'm gonna get a measuring tape. It's in my gadget drawer, and I'm gonna see what an eighth of an inch actually looks like. Oh, for crying out loud, it pretty much starts at an eighth of an inch. Oh, uh, well, maybe not. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna worry about it. It says to roll it out, I'm gonna roll it out. I'm not gonna roll it out a ton, but I'm gonna roll it out so it's a little bit longer and a little bit wider than it started out. Maybe I just measured a part I'd already rolled. Pretend you didn't hear me say that because that would be truly silly. All right, I think that's fine. Now, along the short edge, so you still probably have a rectangle, right? Along the short edge, you're gonna take your cream cheese mixture and you're gonna squeeze it down through that hole you cut. So you got this little cream cheese filling applicator. And what we're gonna do is just squeeze it along until it is right along the edge. Of course, it's never as easy as they say. We're gonna use about a quarter of it at this point for this spot and squeeze it into place into a long row. Okay, I give up. <laughs> maybe an inch was too big, maybe an inch was too small. I'm just squeezing out what I think is about a quarter and it did not go all the way. So at this point, I'm gonna take a little spreader and just distribute it more evenly. Why couldn't we do this to begin with and skip all this piping business? I don't know. 
So I think we should probably leave a little bit of space at the end that hasn't got the filling on it. So maybe half an inch on each end, but toward the edge edge, it doesn't matter. Now what we're gonna do is pick up the edge of the pastry and roll it over that cream cheese and just make a little tube out of it. And then we take a knife and my little spreader has a serrated edge, so I'm gonna just use that and cut along the edge of that roll you just made to separate it so that the roll is independent of the rest of the dough. Okay, so now you have a roll. Now you don't even have to move it. I think I'm gonna try not moving it. And we go back to the squeezing part and we do that again. Along the new edge we just made, we're gonna put about another quarter of this cream cheese filling. Yeah, well, yeah. I was not wrong about avoiding this. It doesn't work the way it looks like it's gonna work. Now, if you have an actual piping bag, that'd probably be better. I am not having a ton of luck here. I don't know why. It's like it doesn't really wanna come out, and when it does, it doesn't make a clean line anyway. I shouldn't, I suppose, be discouraging you from this because it's a really common practice to do this, but it's also a pain in the you-know-what. Okay, again, I'm going to use my spreader and spread it close to the edge that you created, you know, that we started with, but leave those end parts, again, leave it like a half inch that doesn't have filling. And then pick up the edge that you'd cut, you know, that new edge, and roll that one into a tube, just enough to cover the filling. Kind of tuck it under just a tiny hair so that it actually closes, and then... Use your knife again and cut another new line. So we're gonna get about four, which is why we divided the filling into quarters, approximate quarters. Who knows how much we actually got because it's all a squeeze estimate. Okay, I don't even know where the end of this is now. There it is, okay. Oh, actually, it might actually be working this time. Sorta, maybe, mm, sorta. It's just messy. Dagnabbit. Okay, whatever. Goopy. And I got it all over my hands. This is not the plan. Honestly, I can't even find the corner. I don't know which corner it is anymore. There it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just squeezed it out on top of my hand because I still had it in the wrong position. Okay. Smoothing. You actually do need quite a lot of filling. She says belatedly. I'm sure that you've already figured that out, but it does take quite a lot of filling per thingy to use up all of this per row. Okay, rolling that puppy up just like the other two. And this one's a little harder because I'm using more filling now because I realize how much I have. Okay, one last cut. We get to the final one. And now everything that's left in your bag needs to go in here. Whatever that is, and I, I know it may be um, it may be a lot compared to the rest. Okay, but I, mine's all squeezed up to the top. So I'm putting it on my cutting board and just pressing down on the plastic. I'm smoothing the plastic toward the end with the opening if I can figure out which one that is this time. Oh, there it is, I see it. Okay, I'm just squishing all the filling with my hand, I've got a bag down on the counter here and I'm just sort of sliding my hand along, pushing all of that cream cheese frosting except the part we'll never get. 
down into the bottom of the bag. Okay, and then I'm going to sort of twist that shut so it doesn't go back up. I do think I would say I won't do it this way again. And if this is the intimidating part of the recipe, and I'm right that it shouldn't be done in the first place, that means the only intimidating part of this recipe has been eliminated. We'll just use a spoon next time or a knife. It'll all be easier and less messy. Oh my gosh, I have this stuff all over my hands. And probably didn't use enough in the prior rows. I'm sure I'm not going to regret this in the end. I'm sure I'm going to be glad because it's going to taste really good. And it's really difficult to get this stuff out of here at the end because it wants to go into the other corner. Oh, I have this wadded up knot of cream cheese filling with cinnamon and vanilla and I want it out of here. Oh, this is, yes, okay, yeah, enough said. You've heard me rant. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and get the rest of this out of here. Oh, gosh, okay, maybe a little more ranting. Yeah, I just squeezed it all over my hand, trying to get it out of the bag. I squeezed it all over, it's just in my hand now. I have a handful, it's getting worse, and I'm just doing it. I'm just allowing that to happen because at least I can get to it from there. Is it because I'm going the wrong direction? Maybe I am. I can't tell anymore. Everything is just a mess of brownish cream cheese. All right. There we go. There's the last part out. And, yes, into my hand. Which I guess I'm going to sort of scrape off my fingers. Oh, my gosh. I really wish. I really wish this tasted better for licking off my fingers. But I think it needs to be baked first. Because there's a lot on my hands. Oh, my gosh. I mean, wow. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to have to pause here and go wash my hands. I'll be right back. Well, of course, I did taste it off my fingers. And you know what it is? It's the cinnamon that doesn't quite mesh. It's like it doesn't quite mix in, I guess, because it's so dry. What I'm doing now is attempting to roll this last tube, which has way too much filling in it. And it's the last tube, so I don't have any dough to play with. I'm going to just sort of turn it goopy side up here. I can't really roll it. And I'm going to stretch the dough a little to see if I can sort of kind of seal it. Oh, yeah, it's a mess. Well, that, yeah. All right. It's going to make the next part a little tricky. All right. Now, let's start with, oh, gosh. Let's start with the messy one. What we're gonna do is roll this like a spiral. And I'm just gonna leave the goopy part up for right now because otherwise it's all gonna fall out. And we're rolling it like a snail shell, you know? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's got a little end on it. And then the next roll over, so don't wrap it tightly because now we take the next roll, pick it up, kinda make sure that the goop isn't leaking out. And then take that end, remember we kept an end which it wasn't too filled, hopefully, and stick that, press that together with your fingers on the end of the first roll. So you're just making the roll longer, right? Get it? And go around, making your pastry bigger, a bigger pinwheel. And then you do the same with the next one. This part's really fast. Honestly, the only stupid part so far has been the piping thing. 
Okay, finish with the fourth log. Pinch the ends together where they meet to make one roll. And then you get your end piece, and you might want to try to sort of connect it a little bit. I think it probably won't stay connected, but you might want to kind of pinch it on there to keep it attached. Okay. Now is when we need that fairly large-ish spatula. And you want to kind of scoop underneath there. Now, because mine's smooshed out, you know what I'm going to do? What, what they want us to do is move this into the pan. Just move the whole wheel into that sprayed 8-inch pan. I am going to turn mine over as I do that. So I flipped mine over into the pan upside down. Now we need a small bowl into which we're going to put our two tablespoons of unsalted butter. Small glass bowl because we're going to microwave it. I should have said that earlier, but it didn't occur to me. This one is going in a glass bowl and we're going to melt it in the microwave. Do it carefully. If you do it too hot or too long, it's going to explode and completely mess up the inside of your microwave oven. So I'm going to go pretty low here for about 30 seconds and see what I get. And then into this melted butter. Oh, it didn't melt at all. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to try higher temperature, but really short time. I'm just going to see if I can watch it because I know they explode and splatter. I guess the water content in them just decides to vent itself and out it goes. Okay. There's a tiny little lump that's not melted, but it will be soon. All right. In with that butter. We're going to put the last tablespoon of sugar and the second teaspoon of cinnamon. So a lot of the cinnamon comes from here. Just sort of put it in. And then I'm going to use the handle of my measuring spoon here and stir that up. Obviously, you could get a separate spoon because I have no dishwasher. I advocate for using the fewest number of utensils possible. I'm trying to raise money for a dishwasher for the cook-along kitchen here, and I would love it if you would help with that. You can go to ko-fi.com, K-O-F-I.com, slash the cook-along podcast, and you will see a thing there that will allow you to make a contribution toward a dishwasher so I can use as many utensils as I feel like. Now, I think a spoon might be your best bet, but because I own a pastry brush... I'm going to use a pastry brush. I know that's contrary to what I just said about not using a lot of utensils, but I didn't have a spoon anyway. So make sure everything's really mixed up. And then obviously what we're going to do is brush that butter mixture over the top of the dough until it's all used up and the dough has cinnamon all over the top of it. It's just a painting job from here and a spoon probably is maybe even easier than a brush. If you want a pastry brush, I have two kinds. I have one that's essentially, well it is actually literally a paintbrush. It's never been in paint, but it's just a horsehair paintbrush that I use for painting some things. I wouldn't do that with this because it would really goop that up and most of it would stay in the paintbrush itself instead of on the pastry. So what I'm using instead is a brush I use more often, which is a silicone one in which the bristles of the brush are really spaced further apart. And it looks beautiful now. Very beautiful. Oh, and I just splashed cinnamon and butter all over myself and the counter here. Oh, well, oh, well. I'm going to take a picture for you. And then it's ready to go in the oven. And it's going to bake for about 35 to 40 minutes until the puff pastry is golden brown and all the way cooked. We're going to start it at 35 and see where we get to. By the way, this recipe is a lesson in 
remembering to read the full recipe through before you start. If you go to tasty.co, you'll see this. As it's written out, step number 11 out of 16 is to preheat the oven to 350 and grease a cake pan. Now that was really supposed to be item number one. That's your do-aheads. You have to do that before you start. Otherwise, you get to that step, number 11, which is where we're at right now, and it says preheat the oven. And you're standing in your kitchen going, what the heck? I, how am I supposed to do that now? Now this is ready to go, and I can't cook it because I didn't preheat the oven because they didn't tell me to do it until time to put it in. And I didn't grease a pan because I didn't know I had to do that. By the way, they don't even mention the 8-inch cake pan until step 11. So, lesson Always read a recipe all the way through before you start to cook it. Because if you don't, you may find yourself with some unpleasant surprises that really mess you up. Before I go away, we're going to do the last step, which is the frosting. It's very simple. It's a glaze. And for this, you need your powdered sugar, about a half a cup of it, and that smaller bowl. Measurements don't have to be precise here because they're only guessing how much frosting you want. A couple of tablespoons of milk, and that can really be any kind of milk. Or if you don't have it, if you have heavy cream, that's okay too. It's really just to turn this into liquid. And I'm gonna add just a tiny drop of vanilla to this. Wait, vanilla or almond? Oh, I'm gonna add a tiny drop of almond extract. That just seems like a fun idea. It might be a mistake. I'm going to smell it. Oh, no, this is not going to be a mistake. Just be really careful if you do this because you don't want a whole bunch. It's just going to have to be like one drop. Okay, can't smell it, so I'm going to do two drops. Carefully, carefully. Okay, well, that was four drops, five actually. Oh, well, that was bound to happen, wasn't it? And... I'm just going to use the measuring spoon that I used for the milk and mix that together. Well, it definitely smells like almond now. I don't think that's a bad thing. We're mixing it together. We're going to get all the lumps out of it. And then we're going to set it aside because we don't need it until the wachajiggy comes out of the oven. Then we're going to drizzle that over the top. using the whole 40 minutes for mine because it didn't seem brown enough so I just left it in and interestingly enough even though I turned the thing upside down so that all of the top was completely sealed over that cream cheese stuff the cream cheese stuff sort of exploded out anyway so it's not as pretty as I hoped it would be it also has really filled this pan and I was going to remove this to a serving plate before I drizzled it with the stuff but I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Let me see if I can run a knife along the edge here. Oh yeah, I can. All right, well then I'm going to try. Let's just see what happens if I try to move this. <laughs> well, okay. Now I'm thinking I should just turn it upside down, but then I don't have this nice glaze on the top. Even though it's kind of ugly on the top. Yeah, no, it's worse underneath. Okay, so I am going to try. We're going to see what happens. I did take a picture of it before doing this, just so that you could see what it looked like in the pan. 
And those pictures, by the way, of course, are on the cookalongpodcast.com. I'm scooping the spatula underneath it. I've loosened the edges. And I'm just sort of sliding it. Okay. All right. What well, kind of worked? I was afraid it was going to come completely apart, but it didn't. It actually looks kind of perfect. I can see how a bigger pan would not have allowed these edges to do what it did. So the next thing is the glaze that we made, which is quite thin. Give it one more stir. It's really hard to get that powdered sugar to dissolve. At this point, it's had a chance to get those lumps wet, and I think it'll dissolve better. And then, after stirring it around, now that you have this on this nice platter, you're just going to take that glaze, of course, and drizzle it over the top until you've used it all up. And maybe try to cover up the places where the cream cheese exploded out. Because it's not a pretty color. Or it's not. It'll be fine on the inside. But it's really not a pretty color. It looks a little gross. Uh, disgusting. Yeah. But the glaze will fix everything. Okay. It's a very thin glaze. The reason that I decided to move it to a platter before doing the glaze is because I was afraid that in the pan it would just go all down into the bottom and we wouldn't even know it was there until we scooped it out and then we'd have to be eating the glaze with a spoon. I think the glaze could have been a little thicker than it was. I think I just shouldn't have used quite all two tablespoons of milk. Now that it's too late for any of us, sorry, but there's my judgment. Next time, and there will be a next time, I would use maybe only a tablespoon to a tablespoon and a half. This is supposed to make five servings. And I'm going to tell you, that's ridiculous. How do you make five equal servings out of this circle? Plus, how often do you have five people sitting at a table? I'm not doing it. I'm going to cut it into... Four seems a little overly generous, although truthfully that's probably what we'll end up eating... But I am going to cut it into six pieces instead. I think it's going to take a very sharp knife because I think it's going to crumble. So it's easier to cut it into sixths just by doing a halfway across and then a third of that and a third of that and you'll get six pieces. It looks kind of like a rose. That's interesting. It's kind of sweet actually. Well, I hope it's sweet. It isn't uh, quite what I pictured, but I almost like it better than the picture on the Tasty.co website. Because I think they used a pan that was too big. If you're looking for an iced coffee to serve with this, there is a super yummy iced brown sugar latte with shaken espresso in a podcast at thecookalongpodcast.com, of course. It's super easy and fast, as are all the recipes here. And it's really just yummy. It's something that you can make the syrup ahead of time for and keep it in your fridge. It's got, obviously, brown sugar and a little cinnamon and some... It's just yummy. Just take my word for it. Check it out. It's a very short podcast. It would go beautifully with this warm cream cheese danish. It's just a good match. Just saying. Please tell your friends that they could do this as well and... Ask them to listen to the Cook Along podcast. You're my word of mouth. You are my best and really only advertising, aside from posting the podcasts on Facebook. So I am available on Facebook. You can contact me through my website or through Facebook. I am going to go eat this now because it's time. It's hot. It's warm. It's time. So until next time, happy cooking. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi, ko-fi.com slash the Cook Along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.